and welcome to What's On at Cineworld Cinemas. I am Luke Owen. I'm Dan Layton. Hi, Dan. Hello. How are you? I'm well today. How are you? I'm doing all right, mate. I'm, it's nice to hear that you're you're doing well. Yeah, thanks. Because you had a bit of a, a tough time getting in. Oh, the thing is, um, it's just sometimes the tube decides it doesn't want to play. Mm. And on this occasion, it was like, I don't want to play and you're going to be in a tunnel. How about that? <laughs> And I was like, great, thanks very much. And then um, when I did get to the place to change for the overground, the overground went, oh, we don't fancy doing any for like an hour. How about that? Fortunately, I was in walking distance. Um, but, you know, part of the joys of, uh, of, of a modern city, isn't it? Just needs must. Well, speaking of joys of modern things. Okay. YouTube comments. Hello. Uh, last week, we had our junket interviews that we had uh, did yes. with the stars of Black Adam. Bladam. And it's one of, uh, I mean, the geek here says, celebrities reacting to 4DX after Olivia explains it will never get old. Yeah. Because we have a lot of that of just like, the film's been shown in 4DX. Do you know 4DX? Mm. Um, my favourite one of those, that is uh, Keanu Reeves. I was about to say. Who, yeah. Who knows yeah. what 4DX is. And he's then explaining it to Carrie Ann Moss. And he's using like specific scenes yeah. to be like, you know that scene we did where it's like, where it's that? It would be like this. And then it goes like this. And you do this. Mm. I also love it when, they're, when they do know and they're like, like, oh, and I was, I was, and they're giving their experience because it just kind of shows again that everyone has a, a, a just a banter time. But Keanu Reeves is the first person who I've ever heard dirty talk about it uh, do so in a very sort of like he's in that he's got that Keanu Reeves energy, mm -hmm. which makes it almost sound like poetic, yeah, <laughs> which is totally. quite beautiful. Did you ever see the video that we did of the stars of Shang Chi watching the movie in 48? I did not see that yeah, video. It's great, Aquafina in particular, oh, is, yeah. or Aquafina, I can't remember. Yeah, get that right. But yeah, awkward. well, because. She was originally called herself Aquafina, but then that was a brand name, so she made it all Aquafina. Oh, I see. So I go. was right on both accounts. Yes. True. I didn't I didn't want another Zendaya Zendaya situation. Tom Dolland. Yeah, well that's what it leads to. There you go. It does. It does. Yeah. You know, and you don't as, want that. As we all know. We all all roads lead to Tom Dolland. And I uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It is Zendaya's fault. <laughs> I hope she calls him that in private now. I hope she's like, can I Tom I, Holland? I, I hope they just don't remember it. <laughs> I think that's and, fair. And, and I wager that they don't remember they, <laughs> they do so many junkets. They're in a blues clue. But everyone else gets their name right. So you're the one. Yeah, but they won't remember it. They won't remember they, we played a game together. What? You don't know that. What, what if Tom Dolland is a massive Lou Gowen fan? Hey, he's not. You don't know that. It's not. Oh, I could I could find out for sure. It, <laughs> do, does he follow me on Twitter? Well, maybe he has a private account. Is he even on Twitter? Is it, is it following on Twitter is the be all and end all? Because I don't think I follow JLo on Twitter. The only Tom Holland that I'm actually following on Twitter is the director of the original Child's Play movie. Not even the the historian. <laughs> I am not following the the historian. No, no. historian Tom Holland. That's a shame. No. Uh, Tom Hollander fans. No. Tom Hollander fans, great. Yeah. I'm not following them, but it's just like that. I, I typed in fan. Tom Holland and that was what came up. Love that. Uh, but yeah, I guess he's just on uh, an Instagram guy. He's, uh, yeah, and, he, and he's got a Finster and he uses that Finster. What to the hell's Finster? It's like, a, it's like a fake Insta, it's a private Insta account so that no one knows it's you. <gasps> yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, they're, they're everywhere. No, I don't have one because I oh, personally... I want, I want people to know who I am. That, well, number one, I have an absolute attention seeker. Number two, I don't see the point of... It's still a, someone else. It belongs to Instagram at the end of the day. If I want to whine and complain, I'll text my friends, you know? Anyway, we need to get into the main show itself because we're going to be talking about the ooky spooky stuff coming up uh, this Halloween season, as well as your review of Bros. Mm. So here is the show.
Dan, we're going to be talking this week about the the ooky spooky Halloween season because, as we all know, <laughs> you lo- you love horror movies. Oh, I famously am very good at horror movies. Oh, I love them. Here's the thing: I love horror movies. I think they're brilliant. I just can't hack them. I'm not good at this. This yeah. is not my my energy. Um, I, 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 they're all good through like. I've seen all horror movies like this. Uh-huh. Apologies to the audio team. Sorry, sorry, Terry. The audio team being Terry. <laughs> but I, I, I love the what we're doing at Cineworld here at the moment, which is that you know there are smiles on at the pictures at the moment. Oh yeah. Like, you know this week's release is is Pray for the Devil. But yeah. what we've also got are these one-off screenings of classic horror movies. Yeah, I love uh, the 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 option, the ability, the chance to see these classic things the way they were supposed on to be the big seen. screen. I always talk I always talk about that week we came back uh, in in 2020 and I saw Shawshank Redemption. I'd never seen it before and I saw it on in the cinema and I spent the credits just crying not only because i was thrilled to be back in the cinema but because it was grateful to see such an incredible film the way it was designed i think the opportunity to see classic horror movies is because horror is such a communal experience isn't it you want to be there with your popcorn and your friends and like nudging them when something scary is going on you want to be able to like dive in if you're on a date you can dive in and like cuddle together and yeah. it's like all cute i think it's great i'm all for it we've got some really good ones coming up as well we've got paranorman on friday the 28th which is today we have trick our treat which is on sunday and then on the 31st on actual halloween the thing 4k restoration the 40th anniversary as well as the 4DX screening of Poltergeist, also the 40th anniversary 4K restorations. Those are both on Halloween night. I love Poltergeist in 4DX. I think that's absolutely it's so good. Imagine the um, the flashing lights. Yeah. And and if you want to talk immersive, Poltergeist literally sucks you into the TV kind of thing. Like the idea of you being sucked in with the 4DX, I'm all for that. That's and great. That's clever. As we've said in the last couple of weeks as well, this is a great mix of movies. Like Paranorman, you can take your you can take yeah, the, the, the Wii ones to go yeah. and see that as well. So I think that's amazing. The Thing is one of the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Like the, and like the all-time great horror movies. On a screenwriting front as well. Like when you come to the actual craft of filmmaking, yes. The Thing is up there. It's it's my favourite John Carpenter movie. Mm. I think it's one of Kurt Russell's best performances he's ever done. Yeah. It is just so immersive and so cinematic. And I, I'm really excited that we, I haven't actually seen the 4K restoration of this yet, so I'm really looking forward to this. And then, yeah, yeah, the 4DX version of Poltergeist. Mm. But then for me, the one that really, really excites me is Trick or Treat. Please. So Trick or Treat is a movie that, I, I kind of mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but as a horror community, we embraced mm. Trick or Treat when it came out. It's like 2007 this film right. came out. And it was on the pictures for a very short period of time. But as horror fans, we were all over the internet. Those early like forum days being yeah. like, oh man, have you seen Trick or Treat? Trick or Treat's amazing, this, that, and the other. But then it's just gone completely silent and no one really talks about it now, apart from sort of within the little horror community. Like a cult, literally cult classic. It is, like, it is a cult classic. Yeah. And it's a fantastic movie. It's five like interweaving stories. It's an anthology movie that's sort of like centered around this Halloween night. Mm. And it is a just a brilliant, brilliant because every story has got something unique to yeah. it. And every story you finish, you're like, oh man, it can't get any better than that. And then the next one's like, oh my God, that was like, if not as good, it's almost better than the previous one. And then you find yourself ranking like which of the stories you enjoyed the most. Mm. And I'm so thrilled it's getting this another lease on life yeah. here on the big screen. You it's know, a great... 15 years later. It's a great little roster of movies for, you know, stuff that if you love a classic, you'll see classic, stuff, the, the family things. And then things like that, where if you're looking at the list of things, you're like, hey, well, I've seen, say you watch The Thing quite recently or anything like that, or, or you're looking for something else. Trick or Treat is right there and you've never seen it. Like, you've not had the opportunity, like me, to get it pushed into to all the cinemas is, is fantastic. And here's what I'm hoping. 
this does well here. We might finally get the sequel that we've been asking for this movie since 2007. Trick S treat. Just... I mean, we could also... Uh, I mean, I, I could talk about the, um, the Thing a little bit more. Please. If you'd like as well. It saved me from the joke I'm making. Because <laughs> you've seen The Thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I watched it at university while studying horror. Because I love horror films. <laughs> it's just such an exceptional movie. Mm. It is a movie that uh, my wife had never seen it before. Mm -hmm. And we watched it together. And you could, I could feel her getting like, not just engrossed in the movie, but like the tension, that's mm. like the clawing of the armchair of like not knowing who a baddie is. Yeah. Like if you don't see the movie, it is about a thing that essentially just assimilates and yeah. just you create a perfect replica of someone. So a bit like a Vision of the Body Snatchers yes. type situation. And it's, you just do not know who and who you cannot trust. It's actually also a brilliant board game that yeah. they made, yeah, like a, the, the Outpost 31 game. It's, and that's because it works so well as a board game because the movie is so, so great. Yeah. And as I said, I've not seen the 4K restoration of this yet, but I want to see this 4K restoration so, so bad. Mm. It's the thing of, uh, no, that, was not, that was not a joke, but it was a joke. But it worked. The thing about the thing is that it is, the perfect example of this sort of social anxiety model of horror, which is, I always talk about it because it's the thing I got the best mark on my essay on, so I feel very attached to the social anxiety model of horror. It's the idea that the, the call is coming from inside the house, the killer lives on your street, you don't know who you can and can't trust, because that's an inherently scary thing. And then the the plotting is, is so tight, it's like murder mystery as well, because you're trying to figure out the clues that you're given as an audience member. When you think of horror, I think people can have a preconceived notion of what horror is. And don't get yeah. me wrong, there's jump scares and there's scares in there that are, that are very traditional. Incredible effects. But it's also just so cerebral and so creepy. And the, the deafness with which this script is written. If you're just a general movie fan, you want to go and see some brilliant filmmaking, the thing is it. And seeing it in 4K on the 40th anniversary of its release, on Halloween of all nights, I think that's the one. Fun fact for you as well. Please. It is a John Carpenter movie where John Carpenter does not do the score. But I have seen him play it live. Oh, so he might as well have done that. I saw him play it on the anthology tour and it was superb because yeah. it sounds like a John Carpenter score. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of special screenings, between Friday the 28th and Sunday the 30th, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, the 20th anniversary. Can That's a lot, you believe? Isn't it? That's a lot. Also in 4DX. And I think I, I think Harry Potter in 4DX is a delightful experience for anybody. If you've never, I, I know I say this every single time, but a movie that you know and love is elevated anew if you see it in 4DX. It's just a completely different experience. So much fun. Uh, although the ankle ticklers in the spider sequence might be a bit too much for me. This week's big releases, Barbarian Pray for the Devil, speaking of ooky spooky season, and Bros, which you saw. I have indeed it's seen the so film Bros. Special. So special, actually very important as well. I, uh, sometimes we forget to say how important I am. Um, well, my apologies. That's on Thank me more than it is anyone else. Thank you very much for admitting that. Yes, I have seen Bros. Bros is a uh, romantic comedy film about uh, a man who has founded a the first ever LGBTQ history museum and he is sort of done with relationships kind of thing. He's not really his vibe and then he meets a, a fellow man at a bar who is also not really a relationship kind of person and uh, japes ensue kind mm -hmm. of thing. It's it's a, a proper out-and-out rom-com. It's very original at this moment, but it points to a lot of the fantastic lexicon of, of rom-coms. There's Nora Ephron in there. It's produced by Judd Apatow, so there's some proper Judd Apatow comedy in there as well. It's a brilliant ensemble cast, Billy Eichner at the head, and there's some absolutely incredible LGBT icons in the cast as well. By design, uh, they didn't want to tell the story without you know offering 
or even the straight characters in this are played by LGBT actors. It's just a fantastic, really fresh, really exciting, very funny film with a really uh, heartfelt message at the middle of it. Yeah, I had a, I had a great time. I adore Billy Eichner. Yeah. He, I think he's hysterically funny. Billy on the Street was like one of the, my favorite things he's ever done. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the various movies and, and whatnot he's done. Like he's always one of those like actors that is never like the feature role of something. He's just like, you know, like a, a sub character within certain scenes and stuff. Like, you know, he's, he's a, uh, an impact player. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. So it's really wonderful to see him be the leading man of this rom-com. Yeah. And it's such a thought out, um, film it's a very i've had the opportunity to sit down with the with the director and with billy and luke the two leads you'll see that soon i'm sure but what was uh, really fun in talking to them is really understanding how the film came to be and what went into it because it's clearly a labor of love it's a very personal idea and the director who is a straight man was very uh, cautious to to make sure that it wasn't just his voice asserting this yeah. is the experience and as a result of the collaboration with Billy, with other people in the film as well, it's really opened it up and made it this really interesting, very honest, very funny film that really centers sort of Billy and his talents at the fore while shining a light on loads of other people. It really is this like kind of like labor of love and, and a, a love letter in a way to the rom-com while doing something completely different. The character Billy plays is named Bobby. I had this confirmed because I asked. Is named for the uh, lead character in Stephen Sondheim's company. So it's not just classic film rom-coms, it's also the sort of romantic comedy musical as well. as such real understanding of the genre. And it was just a lot of fun. And I had, there are, there are some proper belly laughs of physical comedy, of some some really emotional moments where you're in there sucked into to the drama of it all and yeah a lot of there was a there was one scene in particular where i was really like taken by the the, the message of what he was saying regardless of whether you're not whether or not you're a member of the lgbt community i think you're gonna have uh, a, a really fun night of the pictures seeing a movie like this Also out this week, the Banshees of Inisherin, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, Halloween Ends, Smile, and Black Adam, which we recently hosted the premiere of. You are correct. Here's what happened. Oh, it's so good to be back in London. Uh, I feel like I started my career in London. It feels so rewarding and so gratifying to show everybody around the world this movie. It's been a passion project of mine for 15 long years. Damn. It's a thrill ride. Trust me, this is the kind of movie you want to live in, the kind of movie you want to be fully immersed in and feel like you're actually there with us. If you want to feel like you got superpowers flying around doing your thing, 40X, that's the way to go. So I love being able to watch a movie with a bunch of strangers and you all kind of get together for two hours and agree on something, which is that movie. And, you know, after a bucket of popcorn and two hours later, everyone comes out a little bit happier than they were before. I look at other guys in these movies and uh, fellow actors and think, wow, I'd love to be part of this landscape of storytelling. I said, yes, I'm in. It was made for IMAX and it was made for the theaters. Now you hear that a lot, uh, but in this case, I'll be there. Hold on one second. It is a monstrous film, it's huge, and it's a film that should be experienced, not just watched. This film is gorgeous.
gorgeous. I think between Jaume, our director, and Larry, our DP, he also did Joker. Like, he's incredible. Visually, the film is like stunning. It was made to be seen on the biggest screen with the best sound. It's truly awesome. It's a fun ride, and IMAX is a way to see it. Dwayne Johnson, Larger Than Life, Black Adam, introducing the JSA. It's a big blue sky movie that's a lot of fun and has really incredible, I think, you know, themes and a heart inside of it. We worked on it for so long and we, there's a lot of passion in this project. And I love that we're ushering in a new era in the DC Universe. is already so massive and epic if then you you know you experience it 40 actually if you really could blow your mind don't cheat yourself treat yourself hit the theater and here we are thanks for having us But I do now have to ask you, yeah. what is your pick of the week? I will actually be picking Bros this week because I, I just had such a good time and I think I know that you've got us covered on the scary front, <laughs> so I've got us covered on the rom-com <laughs> front. I, We're playing to type. Yeah, well, I wanted to pick Bros as well because this is the movie. I'm like, I'm really mm. excited to see this movie. Yeah. And so that was going to be my pick of the week. But I am picking the thing. I think you have to. Yeah. I think it's appropriate that you do. It's Halloween season. It's it's spooky, scary skeletons. Spooky and, scary. And, and I want to see the thing up on the big screen. This 4K restoration. I cannot explain how excited I am. I love the pictures. Pictures as well, fun. We've also got a bit of event cinema coming up with Coldplay Live, broadcasted from Buenos Aires on Saturday the 29th. And the National Theatre Live's production of The Seagull on Thursday the 3rd. GR Jackass says, I was at the cinema at 11 at this one for the first airing of Black Adam and I watched it on the super screen. It was amazing, definitely worth the money. I just wish I had 4DX so I could watch action movies like this in those seats. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Get, everyone will get more of them. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I was just thinking about it. I was just, <laughs> just thinking about scenes in 4DX. Um, Dynamic audio from me. It really was. Yeah. For such a wonderful audio-only media. Yeah. You did leave. <laughs> if, if we were on radio, the emergency broadcast might Incredible have kicked in. Incredible amounts of dead air from Dan Layton today. Uh, and Adam Nicholson has just got a little bit of praise for you. Well, please. Do you, do you remember what your intro line was last week? I don't. I said, I am Luke Owen, and you just said... I'm oh. not. Yes. Yeah, I did say that. Uh, he just said, I love it. Listen. Thank you, guys. Sometimes you can't write magic. Sometimes it just comes to you. And that just came to you in the moment. It's like Mozart. Mm -hmm. You know, it just comes to you. Uh, but that is all we've got time for on this edition of the Sydney World Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you in seven days' time. Indeed. Take care, everyone. I've been Luke Owen. I've been Dan Layton. And that's what's on. Mm -hmm.